Hello, my name is Pastor Nathan, and welcome to session four of the Relational Christianity course. I'm thankful that you could join me in this endeavor to seek truth and genuine faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Hopefully at this point you've been able to go through sessions one, two, and three. I hope and pray that that time spent in those sessions was fruitful for your faith in Jesus, that even asking the hard questions you were able to find sincere and genuine true answers that have grown your faith in Jesus Christ and put more trust in God's purpose that he has for you in your life. So, so far we've addressed certain important relationships that we have to assess and evaluate in our walk as Christians. We've addressed the relationship that we have with God as our Father and Creator. We've addressed the relationship we have to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We've addressed the relationship we have with people around us as we are called to go and make disciples. And in this session four, we're talking about the relationship between the Bible and what it says about the church. So this session, we're going to be focusing mainly on the relationship that we have with other Christians. So from the get-go, we have to identify that term, church. I think for many people, it's common to refer to a place you go to on Sunday, a building or an organization, as the church. But as we've said in previous sessions, our goal here is not to be obedient to the definitions that we see in our world as it relates to Christianity or as it relates to us as Christians, but we have to look at what the Bible says, what Scripture says, what God has laid out for us to believe in through the Holy Spirit, and that relates to this idea, the word church. So when we're talking about church, we're talking about the body of Christ. Now, there are church buildings, there are places you go, hopefully, to worship with other people, but when we're talking about church, we're talking about the body of Christ. So while there's plenty of work for us to do as workers in the field, so to speak, to share the gospel with other people around us, inevitably, a lot of our time spent as Christians is going to be around other Christians. And we have to assess the genuineness of that relationship with other Christians as it's relayed to us by the Holy Spirit in the word. So we're going to be talking about how we relate to other Christians, how we define church, and ask the Lord to show us a healthy and anointed understanding of our relationship with other Christians. So hopefully at this time you've gone through session four, you've gone through the sections, you've taken some time to address the questions. I pray that that was a fruitful time for you in your faith and the way that you understand church and your relationship to church, the body of Christ, and other Christians. And hopefully, this audio recap will just either reaffirm things that you already discovered, or maybe it will add on to the revelation God has for you in this particular session for the Bible and the church, a relationship with Christians. So section one is entitled Christians and Diversity. One of the things that we have to be aware of when we look at church as the body of Christ is that this is a global message of good news, that this isn't just a message for the people in your particular community, that this isn't a particular message just for the people that you have certain things in common with, but that this is a message of good news for all people. 
Not only the people that you get along with, but the people that persecute you. Not only the people that have the same background as you or age or interests and hobbies, but the people have totally different hobbies and backgrounds and ages. That's one of the beautiful things about the church. One of the beautiful things about the body of Christ is that it has such diversity that you can have so many people that were it not for Jesus would have nothing in common. But with Jesus, you have commonality and you have the source of what's most important to you in your life. And that brings you into the presence of so many people that maybe you would never meet had it been only dictated by your background, where you come from, your interests, the certain personalities that work the best with your personality. But the fact that your priority is just Jesus, it reveals an amazing collage of colors, backgrounds, ages, personalities that are all united in Jesus Christ. So one thing that we have to ask ourselves, one thing we have to be aware of, one thing we have to assess and evaluate is in our daily walk as a Christian, in our daily walk as a member of the church, the body of Christ, do we see that collage? Do we see that diversity represented around us? Or is that something that either we just don't have any experience with, and maybe it hasn't even been a, uh, an intentional thought it's just the, the, the circumstance of where we are and how we've been brought up. So again, none of this is an indictment. None of this is condemnation, but it is something to, to be aware of. That the body of Christ is global. The body of Christ is diverse and unique and different. So that's something we have to be looking for. It's not something we have to be creating. So we have to be careful. Now, this isn't a situation that if, if God has planted you or called you to a particular place, particular town, country, community, and there happen to be a lot of people that are just like you. This is not the, the open door to reject where God has called you only to look for diversity just for the sake of looking for diversity. That is the opposite because everything we're doing needs to be dictated with where God is calling you, what he is calling you to do, and to who God is calling you to do that with. But it is something that we have to check ourselves and ask ourselves in our heart, is diversity something that is welcome to me as a Christian? Or does that make me uncomfortable? Do I resist that because it pushes me out of my comfort zone? Because I only like to be around the people that I like to be around with? Or am I allowing the Lord to be king of my community, king of my, my social group, king of the people that are, are around me day after day, week after week, and not dictated by me choosing and picking my favorite team. It's something that we just have to be aware of. So again, this isn't the call for you to turn from the community God has you with and just to look for different colors. But you have to be open, asking the Lord, call me to who you want me to go to and build my community no matter who those people are. And I believe that even though maybe your community that God's called you to might not be as diverse as other communities, I believe that in your heart as a Christian, your life will be filled with diversity in the church. 
that you will have friends over time, year after year, added to the members of your Christian family, to your heavenly family that are from different countries, that speak different languages, that are very different from you. And all of that just points back to the glory of God, our Father, who has called all of us as children. So we have to be at least open to diversity, and we have to be willing to ask the hard questions of, is that something I resist or something I flee from or something that I welcome, that I invite, and even in a healthy way that you search for, that you seek to have that diversity, to have people that are different from you, because it just works to showing you your heart, how we need to love more, and how God is even greater than we thought. The second section in session four is entitled Christians and Transformation. So in this section, we talk about the idea that a life of a Christian in the church, in the body of Christ, cannot be one that is is bound in routine and redundant ritual. That what we're doing as we engage with other Christians as a part of the church, again, the body of Christ, that all of us are engaged in the process of transformation. So if we're looking around ourselves right now at our community, our Christian community, the church that we're a part of, and we can see very little transformation or very little desire to pursue transformation, allow that to be a moment that the Holy Spirit can convict you, again, not condemn you, but show you in this moment We need to be involved with other Christians that are seeking transformation, not because we're the special ones, not because we're the A students, but because that is what is in Scripture, that God has not called us to believe in Jesus so that he adds another activity during the week. That Sunday does not become the pinnacle. Sunday is a day that you can gather with other believers at a church and worship and be taught and serve But we are Christians seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And every single thing that God brings into our path that entire time is geared towards transforming our hearts. The good and the bad, as Paul says in Romans, everything should work together so that we are transformed by the Holy Spirit to look more like Jesus and less like us an anointed us, but not the same. So we have to at least be aware as we continue to walk as a Christian, are we surrounding ourselves with people that have that same goal in mind, that we are pursuing transformation, we are pursuing a life where we are changed, that we are not bound by pride, to assume that there is nothing left to change and we have arrived and we are better, we're healed, we're good, but that we are constantly bowing to our Lord and Savior with other brothers and sisters, asking that God's will be done in our lives. And if that is something that you you are not witnessing in your community, perhaps this is a moment that the Holy Spirit's calling you to pray and fast for how you can start that how you can inject that into the culture of the the Christian church around you that you're a part of. Transformation has to be why we're doing what we're doing. 
because that is what we see in scripture, that that is what God is doing in our lives. He's using all the things in our lives so that we would be changed and not just go through the motions. The third section in session four is called Christians and Knowledge. Now, in this section, it talks about the focus of our learning. Now, when we talk about Bible studies and as as our sessions start to come towards the end, we're going to start transitioning towards the role of the Bible. Study is a part of the Christian life, and it should be. We need to constantly be learning. We talked in a previous session about being a child, constantly learning, not assuming the role of teacher where we have understood all things and we are there to teach others, but that we are constantly, like a sponge, soaking up new information, new experiences, new encounters, new revelations of who Jesus is, who Father God is, and who he's called us to be as witnesses of the gospel. So we need to be proactive in learning. Reading the Bible is partially a conversation. It's intimate time with the Lord, but it's also new revelations, learning. God has given us brilliant minds to learn and grow. But what we have to be careful of is that we have to be careful that the knowledge is not becoming the priority, that we are not just learning for the sake of adding knowledge to our lives that we're not becoming prideful of how much we know. All of the information in the world will not benefit you if it is not directing you back to the cross. If all of the information is not continually revealing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, crucified to pay our debt of sin, resurrected so that we would be changed. All of the information, all of the knowledge, all of the commentaries, all of the books, all of the sermons, everything you're learning counts to nothing if you are not drawing closer to Jesus in humility and in worship. So once again, the knowledge itself is not bad. In fact, you should be able to assess your community, the church that you are a part of in your community, that body of Christ, And if there is no pursuit of knowledge, if there is no pursuit to learn, let that be a moment of conviction. Walking as a Christian, learning about who God is, being in the Word, being in the Bible, is not about rehashing verses that you memorized when you were younger. This is not about showing how many verses you've memorized. This is not about showing off how many commentaries you read. But, You should be pursuing knowledge. You should be in the Bible with one another. You should be learning together. So all the resources in themselves are not bad, but we have to be praying that God protect us from our pride that would seek to put knowledge on the throne and dethrone our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we must be pursuing greater revelations of who Jesus is in the Word, allowing all of the supplemental material like sermons, commentaries, books, let that surround your pursuit of Jesus in the Word. Prioritize your time in the Word. Let what you are seeing revealed to you in the Word lead your pursuit of knowledge with the Christians, your brothers and sisters around you, and then use those supplemental material to add to that, to help inform 
what you are seeing in the word. But we must be pursuing a greater greater revelation in the word with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. If we're not doing that, we need to take a moment. Now you can pause what you're doing right now and you can pray and fast with your brothers and sisters that God would give you a healthy conviction to start pursuing him in the word. That is something you can be doing right now. You can pause this right now. You can uh, you cannot go on to the next session until you gather with your brothers and sisters and pray and fast that you would have a hunger to know more. That you would have a hunger to know more about who Jesus is. The next section in this session four is called Christians and Unity. Now in this section, we talk about the idea of a church member. I think it's a common experience that a lot of people maybe attend a local church on Sundays, but then that is their only time with other believers. That's their only time with that particular congregation. And not only that, but their time with that congregation really can be can be can be uh, added up to basically just attending uh, a speech, attending a musical performance, attending a social. But there's really no sharing of the lives. Now, what we read in the Word is that we are members that are bound together. We are bound together. So one person's suffering becomes my suffering. One person's joy becomes my joy. One person's mourning becomes my mourning. We are in it together. So you have to ask yourselves, do you have that relationship with the brothers and sisters in the church around you? Are you in the suffering with them? Do you know their suffering? Or is is the community that you have really a social element in your life that maybe is used for business connections, maybe it's used just for support and encouragement and friendship. Now, all of those things come out of being united together as members. Being united together as members of the body of Christ will lead to greater revelations in how God's using you in your profession. It will. It will lead to amazing friendships where you can go and do other things that are fun, that are your interests and hobbies, that are not just reading the Bible all the time and singing worship songs. It will lead to potlucks and events. But that isn't what comes first. That's not the priority. The priority is that you were saved by grace. Your Lord and Savior is Jesus Christ. You are a sinner that is praying for transformation and you are engaged in spiritual warfare with other brothers and sisters that have the same experience. Not the same person, but they are going through the same thing and they have seen the same thing. They have seen Jesus crucified and resurrected. And from there, you are united. That is your unity. As we talked about in the first section, your unity is not your nationality or your age, your background, your interests. Your unity is Jesus. And from there, the cup overflows into all of those other things that just enhance your relationship with other believers. But as we are united, if one falls, we fall. And we are there to support one another, that we are that intimately connected that we not only know the suffering of another brother and sister, but we are in it with them. And not as miserable comforters that you see in Job. Not there just to teach. Again, going back to a previous section, 
in a previous session. We are not there when someone suffers to be the teacher and to lead them out of it through education. No, we're there to be with them, to listen, to comfort them, and to be with them in the suffering because we know what that's like. And without a doubt, there will be a time when the tables turn and you will be suffering and they will be right there with you. And that's what strengthens the bond. Not because you attend the same location on a Sunday. Not because you have the same person teaching you from the pulpit every Sunday. Not because you have the same interest in music that you hear on Sunday morning. But because you are in that spiritual warfare together as members. You are united. You are connected. So you have to ask yourself, is that the relationship you have with other Christians? Or is it just a superficial social connection that you have that benefits other things? Ultimately, it just benefits you. It doesn't glorify Jesus. It doesn't glorify the gospel and reveal the message of Jesus and who he is as the Messiah. The last section in this session four has to deal with Christians and success. So, so far we've talked about just the amazing diversity in the church, how so many people that are so different can be connected and enjoy one another's differences because the common ground we share is Jesus. That in that, as we've all encountered Jesus, we've all encountered the truth that we, if it were not for Jesus, are hopelessly lost because of our sin. And we know that. We know that our record justifies that. But By grace, we've all been saved so that we would be changed and born again, that we are all engaged in transformation and that our pursuit of knowledge, a greater revelation of Jesus, has everything to do with studying the word, hearing the voice of our Father in heaven so that we would be changed, not that we would add knowledge to our lives to puff ourselves up, but so that it would reveal Jesus. And being engaged in that process, we are united together as members of the body of Christ. Not members just to a group that meets every once in a while, but members in life together, good and bad. But ultimately, we have the same goal and same gauge of what is successful as a Christian. And what this is not is it's not about how many people are being added. It's not about measuring the numerical growth in your fellowship. It's not about having the most popular church on Sunday. It's not about having all of the people look to you. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with quality over quantity. So if you have a Bible study that you're leading and it has just stayed three people, maybe it's just stayed you and another friend, another brother and sister in Christ, and you keep praying and asking God, bring more people, bring more people, but for some reason it just stays with the two of you. Rejoice and be glad that God has given you that group, that person to walk with in your study of Scripture in witnessing a greater revelation of Jesus in Scripture. Because what's happening, while that Bible study, that particular group, might not be seeing the numerical growth, you are seeing growth in your heart, transformation in your life, and without a doubt, people around you outside of that group, perhaps family members, friends, coworkers, 
are seeing the goodness of God and witnessing someone who is being born again in Jesus' name. And those are all seeds. And maybe we will never see how those seeds are being transformed into fruit. But without a doubt, you can trust that God is in the business of setting people free and using all things, that nothing is wasted. So we have to be faithful with what we've been given and not be resentful that nothing is growing. We have to say, thank you, Lord, for giving me this one person that I can walk with. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this one person that I can be in the word with. And God willing, if another person's added, if 10 more people are added or 20 people, if anything, we become cautious. We become cautious because we know what kind of investment is required in that one person. We know what, what that life looks like as we're united as the body of Christ, as members. The time commitment, the self-sacrifice, the humility, the love. So if anything, we are cautious as numbers increase because we know that it is not quantity but quality, and quality takes dying to self. So if you're in a situation where all of a sudden there is a massive harvest, that suddenly you have five people or 30 people or maybe 100 people, take time now and get on your knees and pray. Pray for protection. Pray for protection because your pride is ready to take control and start glorifying yourself and applauding yourself for how you have gathered more people and how your numbers have increased. Pray that the Holy Spirit would guard your heart, that would renew your mind, and keep you focused on what success actually is as a Christian. And all it is, is making a disciple. And as we said before, that's just sharing the genuine truth of Jesus so that others can share in that truth as it's revealed to them by the Holy Spirit. That others would give their life to Jesus, that it would not be about you. So everything, everything we're seeing in your relationship with the church, relationship with Christians around you, it's comprehensive in the same way we've seen that the relationship with God is complex and comprehensive. The relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit is complex, comprehensive. Our relationship with people around us that we are sharing the word with, it's complex and comprehensive. The same truth goes for our relationship with Christians around us. It is not one thing we do, one way we do it. It is complex, comprehensive, because we are complex people we are unique and different, and God has called each of us to a very unique purpose, but all with the same goal, sharing the word, sharing the truth of Jesus, that all people would come to acknowledge him as their Lord and Savior and be saved and have hope everlasting in his name. Well, that brings us to the end of our audio recap of session four. Remember, as we've said throughout this entire course so far, it's quality over quantity. I'm Pastor Nathan, and let's meet again after session five.